to all the mothers, sisters, daughters, girls, and guys who have wonderful women in their lives, today's podcast is quite the treat. Hi, my name is Riley Smith, and today on Broken Laces, I chat with Mia Svensson from Girls Who Hike, an organization that creates communities of women that can connect, network, and discover together through local hiking trails. Mia is the national director of Girls Who Hike and the behind-the-scenes conductor behind 100-plus official meetups per month throughout the United States. She ensures that all events are being executed to the high standards she developed and the Girls Who Hike members have come to know and love. Mia also acts as the ambassador for the Los Angeles chapter, and you can find her bagging local peaks with her dog and crew of Girls Who Hike members or traveling across the world in search of new mountains to climb in her spare time. Mia's bringing in the energy today, so let's get to it. Hi, Mia. Hey, how's it going? I'm doing well. It's it's great to have you on the line. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. This is, you're my first guest that I have met through the podcast where we were just looking to connect and see how we could partner up and then it came to fruition. We should just actually chat because you have such a good story and Girls Who Hike is such a good story. I just had to have you on. Thank you so much for having us. I'm so glad that we were able to connect in this way. Yeah. And so as as I covered in the, the intro, um, I, we went through the, the stats, but I just kind of want to reiterate them again. There's you, Your Girls Who Hike organization has 75,000 women in 57 chapters, and you do hundreds of events a month. That, like That's where we're at right now. And you guys only started in 2015. And so how, how did this idea come about where you started a membership of, of women hikers and just how did it get to here? It's honestly kind of funny. Every time people ask us that, we have to say that we totally did not plan. Like we didn't set out to create this huge community and it just kind of happened that way. So Sharon, who is our founder, um, she just wanted to hike with some women. <laughs> so she created this group just in L.A., called Girls Who Hike LA. And from there, it kind of just exploded. I mean, we went from when I joined a year and a half after she started the group, the group had 5,000 members. And then we went nationwide really fast. And it just kind of expanded so, so fast. So we didn't really start with a mission other than we wanted to hike with some other women. Um, And then it just turned into what it is today. So it's been awesome. And you had to learn about this and say, I want to be involved. And so I'm sure you have a personal story and background that when you reached out to Sharon, you said, I'm I'm committed to this. How can I help? And I would love to kind of hear about how it resonated with you, because how it resonated with you probably resonated with the other thousands of members that decided to join. Yeah. So I grew up in Canada, hiking and backpacking and camping and all that stuff with my dad. And you know, I'm biracial, I'm a woman, and I'm plus size. So when I was looking around at all the other people who were in the outdoors with me and who were in the outdoors magazines that my dad would read with me and all this stuff, nobody looked like me. Right. So when I wanted to start hiking again, I had a bit of a traumatic experience that led me back to hiking as an adult. Mm -hmm. I wanted to hike with women, specifically with women, because I just didn't really feel safe doing otherwise. So I searched hiking group LA and Girls Who Hike LA was the first thing that came up. So it was the first one that I joined and I just loved it right from the offset. So 
I started hosting hikes immediately. Yeah. <laughs> I was that annoying person in the beginning that is like too excited. Um, so I started hosting hikes right away. And then when Sharon launched the ambassador program, I joined as an ambassador. And then from there, I started being the events coordinator when the events became too many for her to handle by herself. And then from there, I became the national director. So I've been with Girls Who Hike almost, not quite from the inception, but almost from the inception. So it's been awesome. That's great. And so the mission just kind of started, as you mentioned, just, hey, we want to have girls who hike together. Yeah. But it probably evolves into something more than that once you're you're starting to hit a a little bit of a, a critical mass and as you mentioned, you become an ambassador and there has to be some structure and organization to this. Am I correct in assuming all of that, that mission kind of grows as the as the membership grows? Or is it still kind of to the day truly just about getting girls out to hike together? Oh, it totally has changed as we went along. Because in the beginning, I mean, our mission statement is our original mission statement, which is that we are just trying to connect women on our local trails so that they can network and grow together. So that was our original mission. It still kind of is our mission, but we've put some addendums on there. So for me personally, I'm really, really trying to create a space for women in the outdoors because it really has been completely dominated by men for the longest mm-hmm. time. Like it's a, it's a male dominated industry for sure. So I really want um, to show women of all shapes and sizes that the outdoors is for us too. Like it really does belong to us just as much as it belongs to men. And we need to start looking past all those magazine articles. And I think other brands are starting to do that too, because I think with the uptick in women's hiking groups, it's really become obvious to them that this is a space that needs to be filled and we're trying to fill that space. Totally. And so it it starts in LA and then chapters, I'm assuming people from LA either move to another city and they're like, we need a chapter or does it just, how does it spread? Are you, are you a viral marketer on the side or (laughs) how does this thing just kind of catch? And it it obviously speaks to the mission. That's the the original reason that it catches, but how do you guys continue to kind of grow it and scale it? Honestly, the, so our largest period of growth was the first year and a half to two years. And we, at this point, are not actively trying to grow it. It's just spreading Mm. through word of mouth, which I think really speaks to the fact that there was that empty space and other people were feeling that void and wanting to hike with just women and wanting to connect with other women who love the outdoors and have been told for a long time that it's really not the space for us, you know? I mean, even like when I come back from a backpacking trip and my nails will be all gross, immediately someone is like, girl, you need to get your nails done right (laughs) away. And I'm like, why? Maybe I like my dirty, gross backcountry nails. Absolutely. (laughs) So yeah, it's just been word of mouth. And I think people were just really excited to have a space for women to be safe and welcome in the outdoors. So it's been easy to grow just authentically without having to do any crazy marketing on the side. Cool. And and chapter-wise, you're spanning from coast to coast. Are you international at this point? We are just coast to coast. We haven't quite. I've been trying to get Sharon to open some chapters in Canada, right. but <laughs> it's it's a long process to cross the international boundary. So we're just happy with all of our U.S. chapters right now. And when a member, most of our growth has ha- or our expansion has happened because members say in the L.A. chapter, will be like, hey, I'm from San Diego and I'm driving all the way from San Diego to go to these meetups in LA. 
can you guys open a San Diego chapter? So we opened a San Diego chapter and then it kind of goes from there. And then all of a sudden people in Oregon are like, this is such a great organization. Let's open one in Oregon. So then we do. So we've just, our growth came basically just from trying to give members what they wanted. Even our website, we didn't plan on having a website. We didn't plan on selling merch, but people wanted it. So that's what we did. (laughs) That's awesome. Best growth is the organic growth and it's not forced. So that's just a great story to to complement the mission. Uh, Tell me a little bit about the variety of events. Uh, Obviously, I would imagine a majority of them are just, hey, we're organizing on a Saturday to go hike. Um, but uh, but do the events differ at some point? Uh, you mentioned backpacking. Is there different kind of levels of experience uh, within the groups or, or any kind of event you want to grow into? Oh, man. I mean, we honestly have pretty much everything. We have a book club. We have a paddle and mimosa meetup. There's nice. kayaking. We have Krav Maga self-defense courses. We have so many amazing members and super interesting members. So they give us a lot of suggestions. Um, And at the end of the day, this is really their space for them. So we honor what they say, as long as it's not too crazy. I mean, I had one woman who wanted to host a sensual massage clinic outdoors, which (laughs) I I said no on that one. (laughs) But yeah, our members, they cover a huge range of experiences. So we just have a really strong base of people who are new to hiking, which is awesome to see because they obviously feel that this is a good space for them to learn. Um, I think the meetup that I really want to see more of though, is I'm, I'm super obsessed with dogs. I have two myself. So my favorite meetups and the ones that I really would love to see more of are we have dog specific meetups that are just for dog owners. So that would be my goal to have some more dog meetups. And that's the yes to that. And, and, (laughs) and the the thing that I like is you have a base of, of people who are coming in new and, and maybe inexperienced, but then they can grow into the little niche meetups that you just described. So if they want to go backpacking, that there's there's a group for that. Or if they're really into kayaking, there's a group for that. So having kind of that base entry means that anybody can get involved and probably speaks to why why you growed so quick. Yeah. And it's really nice too because we we have so many options and it really can fit skill levels for everyone. So right now I'm leading this full blown, like very intense peak bagging meetup series in the LA chapter. So I mean we're constantly out there doing 10 to 15 miles, 5,000 feet of elevation gain. But then other ambassadors are doing like three to five miles and a nice, easy, minimal elevation gain where strollers are friendly and mothers Mm -hmm. can bring their babies and everything. So Yeah. I mean, I think the the first few times I contacted you, you're like, oh, I'm sorry. I've been out of pocket. I I was just, you know, on a three day backpacking trip. And I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, this, this makes sense. This is what you do. And so um, I'm a little bit jealous. I felt so, so bad. My emails are always so bogged down when I come back to, and I'm, this was perfect timing too that we got to talk today because I'm leaving. You're going to Kilimanjaro, we, right? Yeah, I'm going to Kilimanjaro. I'm super excited. Tell me a little bit about that. You have a goal of of doing the seven summits, I hear. Yeah, I actually grew up. My dad is such an athlete, so I grew up kind of learning about all this stuff, and we were constantly outdoors. But for me, I want to do the seven summits for everyone else. If that makes sense, I mean, I. My dad just raised me to think that anything is possible. Like he never once told me, you know what, you're not capable of doing that. He was always like, you can do anything. You can be anybody in the world that you want to be. 
And I really want to prove that to people who haven't had someone there to tell them that because women are always told that we can't do anything or we can't do certain things and that we can't be certain people. And we can't. I mean, we're so powerful. And this group has taught me that, that through women supporting women, we can do anything. And my dad really slammed that into me when I was younger. So I want to do it. I want to show everyone that the sky is the limit. And it doesn't matter. I mean, you can be any race, you can be any gender, you like anyone can do it. Do you feel like you have an opportunity to, I don't know, I know when you when you do seven summits, you need sponsors, you need the ability to, to, you know, find partners who are willing to help. Do you feel like you're, you're going to need that? Is this something you're going to do over the course of the next 15, 20 years? Just how, how are you approaching that? I'm hoping that I can get it done in the next seven years, okay. like seven summits in seven yeah. years. That's my goal. So we at Girls Do Hike, we are partners with an all-women's travel group called Woe Travel. So I'm partnering with them for the Kilimanjaro trip, and I'm super excited about that. And then from there, I'm just going to see what I can make happen. And I'm going to start reaching out to the brands that I really love mm-hmm. and that I wear consistently, like every single day wear. Right. <laughs> so and hope that they'll maybe help me out. Cause I mean, my dad tells me that I can do everything, but he also makes it super clear that he's not going to give me the money to do everything. <laughs> so <laughs> That would be too easy. I mean, you know, if you have the money, then everybody could just hike seven summits, right? Yeah, exactly. So that'd be way too easy. He yeah. wants me to work for it a little bit. Yeah, totally. <laughs> well, on a, sep- on a separate note, I, I have my old neighbor, Golner, uh, did has done six of the seven summits. Um, so I need to connect you uh, with her if you don't already have a bunch of people who have done a lot of the summits. Um, no, strangely, I don't know that many people. So she are. she could be of help. Uh, she just finished Everest uh, last year, and now she just has to get down to Antarctica because that's super easy. Um, and, yeah. and do do that one. Quick so trip. yeah, we'll definitely connect you. Um, let's let's take a quick break. If you enjoy Broken Laces, consider leaving a review on Apple Podcasts. Tell a fellow friend about the show or share on your favorite social media site, preferably the one where you have the most friends. There's no team here at Broken Laces, just me and I could use the most help spreading the word about the show. There's no team here at Broken Laces, just me and I could use the most help spreading the word about the show. If you'd like to support Broken Laces further, you can do so at patreon.com brokenlaces. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Broken Laces. Pledging as much as you'd like to help offset the cost of producing the show. Consider it like you're buying me coffee or better yet, sharing a granola bar on the trail. Right now, this is a hobby, but I dream about working in the outdoors industry and this could be the gateway. Thanks for listening and back to the show. All right. So Mia, I want to switch gears a little bit and kind of talk about what's next for, for girls who hike. Um, the story of how the organizations evolved, how it rapidly grew without kind of any, any solid plan, which is totally fine and, and that organic growth. But now as you're growing and you have 57 chapters, 75,000 members, there's probably more strategic thought or, or direction potentially I uh, don't want to just plant that in <laughs> um, that that the that the the organization's thinking about what. So what's next? Like, what does twenty twenty look like and beyond? So to be completely honest, <laughs> we still don't really have a plan. <laughs> yeah, um, we 
are kind of just riding the wave, if that makes sense. I mean, when our members ask us for stuff, we try and make it happen, but we're pretty happy with where we are right now. So we don't have any crazy plans for expansion. It would be maybe nice to partner with some other organizations that offer things that we don't offer. One of my favorites that I'm really trying to trick Sharon into making, Mm -hmm. giving me the okay on is um, an organization called Surf with Amigas. Okay. So it'd be really cool for it's another all women's organization. So we really, I really want to, I should stop saying we because Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm the one who wants to do it. Um, But I would love to expand a little bit to include some other organizations that aren't necessarily hiking related, but that do kind of match with our mission statement and include them in our little repertoire of partnerships. So but other than that, yeah, we're just going to keep doing what we're doing and hopefully continue to have some growth and continue to form some friendships out on the trails. Totally. Well, it's just, it sounds like we have a workshop session here. So all of our listeners who have ideas, I feel like they just go to the website and contact you. Yeah, we have a contact form. Everyone can just email me directly at events at girlswhohike.org if they have any phenomenal ideas. Because we, I mean, we grew from our members and all of the things that we have now are based on member suggestions. I mean, maybe not all of them, but a lot of them. Right. Um, well, and you so. mentioned, you mentioned the merch, like that's something you weren't planning. You know, I, I don't know when that came into being, but that just happened organically based off a request. And then it became part of your website and, and I'm sure it generates some nice funds for you. Yeah. It's, it's crazy <laughs> because we really, I mean, like I said, we really didn't plan to be this big of a deal and, people just wanted merch and it honestly was such a great feeling to know that people like people wanted a logo and then they wanted merch and they just wanted to represent this community that we all work together to create so it's been cool it's been really nice yeah and I'm just thinking of how else this would expand I see you know partners there's so many partners out there in terms of of you know doing the same type of work there's kind of your volunteer based organizations whether you're partnering to help with trail maintenance or uh you know ocean beach cleanups what have you um yeah or there's the, yeah, I mean, like I, i'm sure you guys do some gear planning i mean gear maintenance or stuff like that yeah we we really love trail maintenance um we've done some trail building before too so that's something that we really enjoy and then we've also partnered with border angels on a couple events in the past so that's another one that's pretty close to my heart that i like a lot um but yeah it's there's it's just crazy because there's so many options and obviously the outdoors industry is a huge industry and there's so many different people out there that we could work with so i I just i I love how organic it is and now just makes i'm just pitching ideas in hopes that one of these stick i'm gonna be i'm gonna be the annoying member right now and be like oh you guys (laughs) should totally build shirts that say girls who build trails like that's an awesome shirt (laughs) um girls who fix gear like that's that's awesome so yeah no i'm glad I'm glad that there's some thought and, and, but I'm also glad there's kind of a little bit of let's, let's see how it evolves and it's our members who drive us. So that's a really cool part of your organization. Yeah. It's my favorite part, I think. And to parlay off of that, I, I, I had a question just being that once you, once you hit that critical number of, of 75,000 members, that, that, that's power that gives you a voice. And as the outdoors and recreation space has 
increasingly become involved in like policy and politics when you think of what Patagonia has done with really putting their voice out there on its efforts to protect public lands. When you have the outdoor retailer show leaving Salt Lake City because of the reversal of Bears Ears National Monument, these these spaces are trying to use their power, or these the organizations are trying to use their power to influence policy and, and politics. That's a pretty like large step for an organization that as young as you to take. But I, I'm curious if there's a thought in being that you have 75k who are all love the outdoors and love hiking. Do, do you see a membership like yours growing that that voice over time? Yeah, I mean, I think right now, since we're kind of considered micro influencers, which seems crazy to me, because 75,000 people seems like so many right? people. But someone mess- emailed me and was like, as a micro influencer, I was like, wait, what? <laughs> Thanks, I guess. But um, so since we're micro influencers, we try our best to stay neutral, because we feel that if we voiced a really strong political opinion, one of our members or some of our members might feel marginalized by our opinion. And since we're seeking to create the safe space for everybody, that would kind of violate that safe space. Um, That being said, Sharon and I are both extremely different in our political opinions as well. So Mm. we kind of take our being able to work together despite our political differences. And we're trying to put that out into our membership. So we try and encourage just thoughtful discussion amongst our members, which obviously doesn't always work. And sometimes our moderator team has to kind of shut conversations down because they get a little nasty. But for the most part, we take the stance of just trying to educate people on everyone else's views and encouraging other people and our members to see each other for what we have in common, not what we have as differences. So we all love hiking. We all love the outdoors. So what we do take a stand on is environmental issues. Right. Because, I mean, obviously, our group has a huge heart in the outdoors. It would be ridiculous if we didn't take stands on environmental issues. So we um, had a bit of tension here in L.A. during wildflower season mm. because people tend to just absolutely lose their minds over anyone stepping on wildflowers with good reason. I mean, it totally makes sense. So our approach to all of this stuff is that we try and be quietly supportive and we try really hard to educate people so when the wildflowers i mean this is obviously just such a tiny example of Mm -hmm, what we're mm -hmm. trying to do but when the wildflower stuff was going on we actually had a csun trained and educated ecologist come out to our meetups to teach our members all about the wildflowers and the impact we have on them so that's what we try and do. We just try and quietly support the causes we believe in and let our members decide for themselves what events they're comfortable participating in. So we've done meetups with Border Angels before. I hope that we can continue to do those. And then obviously, if our members don't agree with that, then they don't agree with it and they don't have to come. <laughs> yeah. And that's that's a good that's a good way to approach it in that you're not necessarily leading with the organization's opinion on something, uh, although there's organizations that do that. But you're leading with kind of education and awareness and you're trying to bridge, um, you know, differing opinions in some cases and, and bridging people together. And so that totally makes sense to me. Uh, and, and yeah, I think just focusing on the outdoors is definitely what I was was kind of originally asking you about. I don't see you guys stepping into other spaces since that's that's not what unites you. Yeah, exactly. So we we really, really try and encourage the leave no trace principles. We try really hard to make sure that our members are educated and they understand what they're doing when they go out into outdoor spaces and they know 
what to do and what not to do and how to be respectful of the parks that they're in and stuff like that. Um, and I, I mean, I'm like this activist mm-hmm. <laughs> sometimes. So I think Sharon gets a little bit like, she's like, okay, Mia, you can take it down a couple notches now. Um, <laughs> so, but it's nice. I mean, just the fact that Sharon and I can have our different views and still work together is kind of proof of what could happen on the larger scale, especially here in the United States. So we just try and continue that and encourage discussion where we can. So, yeah. So we've been, we've been talking about girls who hike, but I haven't actually given you a chance to kind of plug. How (laughs) how does one get involved? Like I'm, I'm somebody listening to this podcast and, and now I want to get involved. Where do I go? Who, who do I contact? How do I find my ambassador? All that. So we are on Facebook. Our Facebook groups are all free to join. And most of them, if not all of them, have at least two active ambassadors that can answer any questions. And our membership pool is actually great because when I originally joined, I would just post and be like, what's a great hike in LA? Because I was used to being in Canada where there's a great hike in my backyard. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was really great, just being able to kind of get information from anyone. So Anyone listening can go on Facebook and they can search Girls Who Hike. And typically the closest chapter to them will just pop up in their search bar automatically. And then they can join the group through Facebook. And then immediately they'll have access to any of the events that our ambassadors are putting on. And they'll have access to any events that our members are putting on because we do encourage members to host their own events. And if they're like me and super gung-ho about hiking, they can host their own events right away. We just ask that everyone read the group rules first. Um, And then we also have our website. So if anyone wants to go to our website, they can just make it super easy on themselves and type girls who hike into the search bar. And it's the first one that comes up. Um, And that actually also gives them access to our blog and everything too. So there's a paid membership. They can buy a new member kit and join that way, which will give them access to our national events calendar, which is just straight through the girls who hike website. And then they can also see, check out some of our merch and they can check out some of our blog posts through our website as well. But honestly, and I feel like I'm supposed to be plugging our website directly, but <laughs> the Facebook group is my favorite thing ever because it's free and it immediately involves you in the community. So I would tell everyone to join the Facebook group. And then if they really love it and they want access to everything else, they can go on our website and buy it. I mean, nice. Yeah. So find the event nearest you. Go do it. Go get your hiking shoes on. If you like it, keep doing it. And then visit it's girlswhohike.net or you can just search for girls who hike. Yeah. Um, and then get the merch. You gotta get the merch. It's good stuff. So I'm gonna end uh, as I do all my shows with uh, Trails and Ales. And you you're based in LA currently, right? I am. So you gotta give me your favorite trail in the Southern California area, I would assume. And then what, what brewery after you do that hike, are you coming down and and visiting and and what brew are you selecting? So I (laughs) am super embarrassing and I don't actually like beer. Um, (laughs) That's okay. You can tell me where your friends go. I think that it tastes like carbonated beans, (laughs) (laughs) but um, I would say that my favorite trail is a really beautiful one in the Pacific Palisades called Los Leones to Parker Mesa Overlook. It's just a little six mile trail, but it has the most beautiful ocean views. Um, and after that, so I actually, my summit, my summit drink is 
from a cidery in Canada. Mm-hmm. So I usually always have, it's called Bricker Cidery and they have the best cider. So I'm usually bringing a Bricker cider. My favorite one is peaches yeah. and cream. Yeah. Um, I'm so basic. I'm so no, sorry. No, good. <laughs> we, we, we'll just rebrand Trails and Cider. We're, we're totally fine. Yeah. Sorry. Um, so I'm usually going up there and I'm usually bringing my peaches and cream cider from Bricker's Cidery. But I also really love the Irish Times, which is a pub in the Culver City area. So I buy a Shirley Temple nice. when I'm there. I'm nice. not going to lie. But I love the atmosphere there. So usually after a hike, if I really want to go and my friends really want to go and grab a drink, I always suggest the the Irish Times and I get my Shirley Temple. And they actually have a coffee chocolate ale mm-hmm. there that I, I tasted and the first words out of my mouth was this is what it tastes like or this is this tastes like coffee ground smell. <laughs> <laughs> but um, my roommate loves it and all the friends that I've brought there that have tried it also really love it. So I'll say that that's my ale is the irish times coffee chocolate ale well i i attempted (laughs) to rebrand you know girls who build trails and girls who fix gear and so i think you're allowed to say no it's trails and cider right now and that's that's how it's gonna yeah yeah that's how i'm gonna leave it and uh (laughs) and and i don't know if we've had anybody plug a coffee uh was it a stout a coffee ale yeah, it's a stout. So this is this is perfect, and I, I know my wife is not a beer lover, but she does drink kind of the coffee chocolate stouts as well. So this this makes sense to me. Yeah, I my roommate will imitate the face that I made when I tasted it. I mean, I it was just carbonated beans and coffee, <laughs> coffee grounds. I'm sure everyone's listening to this, and they're like, "Oh, awesome! Yeah. Thanks, Mia, for the recommendation. Yeah. I'm definitely going to go there." But yeah, Irish it Times. actually is apparently really good. Irish Times is going to be like, uh, "Can we cut that whole section?" Actually, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I have a friend that works there too. He's probably not going to be happy with me, but oh well, he can he can deal. Nice. Well. I want to thank you for the invigorating conversation. Um, I'm I'm really hopeful that the audience out there who doesn't know about Girls Who Hike uh, looks you up, finds an event near them, and and becomes a part of the culture that is uh, Girls Who Hike. So I, again, just thank you for what you do. Thank you for hopping on the podcast, and and hope to talk to you soon. Awesome! Thank you so much for having me. This was so fun. Alrighty, bye. Bye. <laughs>